0: Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sunbelt. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. I host Afternoons in Mobile, Alabama on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP, covering the South Alabama Jaguars. And prior to that, hosting mornings on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. I'll be speaking with uh, Troy Trojans head coach John Summerall on the uh, Bobcats. I'll be speaking with Troy Trojans head coach John Summerall on the Trojans 14 to. I'll be speaking with John Summerall, the Troy Trojans head coach, on their 17-14 win over the Texas State Bobcats. And, of course, look ahead to the battle for the belt as the Trojans travel to Mobile to take on South Alabama on a short week on a game that will be televised on ESPNU. We didn't have one upset in the Sun Belt this past weekend. We had two. The highly touted and 25th-ranked James Madison Dukes go down, on the road to Georgia Southern, should say prior to that, first ball game, noon Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Central Time, the Old Dominion Monarchs not only beat the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, but beat them down. South Alabama hangs on and beats ULM. Southern miss with a frantic fourth quarter comeback, and Troy holds off uh, Texas State. And of course, earlier in the week, uh, Louisiana does beat uh, Marshall. But let's go over the upsets. But first, let's go over uh, the upsets. And, of course, it does start with the Old Dominion Monarchs with a 49-21 thrashing over the Coastal Carolina Clears. Blake Watson leads Old Dominion statistically. 18 carries, 256 yards, 3 touchdowns. Passing-wise, Old Dominion only passed for 201 yards, 13 to 17. Hayden Wolf, 12 of 16, 180 yards. Uh, DJ Mack Jr. had one pass, touchdown pass, 21 yards. Uh, and Grayson McCall, even for Coastal, had a Grayson McCall kind of game: 26 of 34, 358 yards and three touchdowns. But one of the stats that is maybe going to get overlooked because they both had 23 first downs. Coastal Carolina, I should say, Old Dominion had all of six third down attempts. They were 3 of 6 on third downs, 1 of 1 on fourth downs. Coastal Carolina had 17 third down attempts, 8 out of 17, 2 of 5 on fourth downs. So it's not like Coastal wasn't moving the football. They had 454 yards of of offense to ODU's 525. They could not stop the Monarchs defensively at all. ODU tied the game at 7 and then proceeded to score touchdowns on six straight possessions. You can't get back into the game if you can't get a stop. And every time Coastal would score, ODU would come right back and score very quickly. There was not a whole lot of uh, time of possession for ODU. In fact, Coastal Carolina crushed them in time of possession. Almost 37 minutes to 23. Goodness. So ODU three and three in the Sun Belt. Uh, they are two and, I'm sorry three and three overall. Two and zero in the Sun Belt. They're atop the West. The Monarchs three and three overall. Two and zero in the Sun Belt. They are atop the Sun Belt's Eastern Division. Coastal falls to six and one overall. Three and one in the conference. The other big upset was also in the East. JMU. We wondered if. They deserved the top 25 ranking. I did think that they were the best team in the Sun Belt. I just didn't think they had beaten anybody to deserve that ranking. I do think that South Alabama's one-point loss to an undefeated UCLA is better than anything JMU has done this year. But they're the leading team offensively in the conference. They're the leading team defensively in the conference. But it was Georgia Southern actually coming from behind, down 14 to nothing early, and actually defeating JMU 45-38. Georgia Southern's Kyle Treese, listen to these numbers, 38-64, 578 yards passing. They really didn't try to run it, or when they did, they weren't very successful at it. Had 64 passes, they ran it 16 times for a grand total of 12 yards. Like South Alabama, which you'll hear later on, GSU also had. I guess when you have 578 yards passing, you're going to have at least three guys with 100 yards receiving. Amari Jones, 164 yards, two touchdowns. Kalib Hood, 131 yards receiving. Jeremy Singleton uh, had 108 yards uh, as well. Uh, uh, Todd Santeo, the JMU quarterback, five touchdowns, two on the two in the air, three on the ground, but he also had three interceptions. Although. Despite hurting their drives, they didn't lead to any Georgia Southern points either. He did throw one as uh, JMU was going to go in to the end zone, but they punted it away. Georgia Southern went three and out, and they got a touchdown on the next possession anyway, so it didn't really matter all that much. But Georgia Southern comes away with a big win, 45-38 over uh, JMU. Georgia Southern is now 4 and 3 overall 1 and 2 in uh, the Sun Belt. All right, other ball games. Southern missed down 19 to 7 with 12 minutes to go in the game. Come from behind to defeat Arkansas State 20 to 19. Backup quarterback and walk-on Jake Lang had to lead the Golden Eagles on two fourth quarter drives. Frank Cole, uh, Frank Gore Jr. with a 30-yard touchdown run, and Jannari Dean a three-yard touchdown run. I mean, really impressive win for Southern Miss. They really weren't doing anything, scoring seven points in, in, in what the first 48 minutes of the ball game, and then they scored 14 points, actually I guess 13 points uh, in the last uh, 12. So a nice win there for Will Hall's bunch. Southern Miss now three and three. Overall, 1-1 one and one in uh, the Sun Belt. Troy holds off Texas State. Troy holds off Texas State, 17-14. Bobcats held to just 297 yards offensively. Uh, Bobcats actually took a 14-10 lead to begin the second half and then six straight punts combined by the two teams, including four straight three and outs. We'll have John Summerall on. Uh, The head coach of Troy, a little bit later to talk about that, he must have loved the defensive battle going on. Most of us would call that offensively challenged, uh, but we'll talk to Coach Summerall about that. Uh, Jared Dagey with a 23-yard touchdown pass to uh, Ray J. Johnson uh, was the uh, difference in the game. Bobcats had two more possessions but never really threatened. Uh, Like South Alabama, Troy also ran out the clock with 5 minutes and 28 seconds left to go in uh, the game. Uh, here in Mobile, South Alabama, a really odd football game. They defeat ULM 41-34. It was 20-17 to at half. South Alabama did not run a very good 2-minute uh, offense at the end of the half. Uh, apparently an injured player uh, didn't stay down to have a, a 10-second runoff. They came off the field and uh, that cost them 30 seconds. Uh, Carter Bradley made, you know, a couple of plays where he was running the football instead of trying to pass the football. And they never did get off what could have been uh, at least a field goal attempt. Probably about a 40, 45-yard field goal attempt. But Diego Gojardo has been very good this year, but you didn't even get that chance. Third quarter comes around and South Alabama is ridiculous. In the third quarter, South Alabama absolutely dominated. 233 yards to just 36 for ULM, they went from down 20 to 17 to up 34 to 20. South Alabama scores on the first play of the fourth quarter to take a 41 to 20 lead. They even got the ball back from ULM, and then they just stopped playing offense. ULM Chandler Rogers had an outstanding ball game. He threw for over what I think 370. He had 378 yards and four touchdowns. Tyrone Howell uh, caught 244 yards. Uh, worth of passes and had three touchdowns, and South Alabama just could not put ULM away until uh, the end. They also got the ball back with about five minutes to go—exactly five minutes to go, actually—and ran out the clock, uh, moving the ball down the field without having to uh, kick the do uh, the football either a field goal attempt or a punt. And uh, when you do that, uh, you are successful. South Alabama improves to. Uh, five and one overall. Lone loss to UCLA. Two and O oh in the conference. And you're just not going to get a bigger football game, at least in the West, maybe this season. I guess if Troy ends up winning, you might get one, but it, and another one. But right now, this is basically for the Western Division. We'll see what happens by the time South Alabama plays Southern Miss. But Troy is three and one in the conference. South Alabama two and O. Oh. South Alabama hasn't beaten Troy in five years. Troy has. I wouldn't say dominated the battle for the belts A two game difference, seven to three, but they have certainly dominated recently. They've won the last four matchups. Some of those not particularly close a couple of years ago, 29 to nothing here in Mobile. And you could basically say, you know, it's not going out on a huge limb that this is at least for control of the Sun Belt West. And with Coastal losing one, James Madison not eligible, App State already losing two, Old Dominion actually, you want to bet, you want to hear this one? Actually finishes up the season in Mobile, taking on South Alabama. They may just stay. (laughs) They may not even go back. If South Alabama and Old Dominion are playing for home field advantage come the end of November for Sun Belt Conference Championship, they may just stay here for the week. Find a high school field to, to practice on if they want to uh, do that, save them a little bit of time, uh, if that's the case. We obviously have a lot more football to go. I understand that. Uh, But um, it's certainly lining up to do that. And that's why this ballgame against Troy for South Alabama and the battle for the belt is so big, because you will be in control of the West. Only South Alabama... If the, if the Jags win this, only South Alabama and Southern Miss will have zero or one losses. If Troy wins it, everybody will have at least a one loss. And obviously, Troy will have the head-to-head to South Alabama. All right. Uh, all right. Let's take a timeout. We will talk with the head coach of the uh, Troy Trojans, John Summerall, in his first year since taking over for the program. Uh, you are listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. The numbers don't lie. In the last decade, over 4 million people have chosen Simply Safe home security to protect their home. You don't earn the trust of that many people without doing something right. At Simply Safe, your safety is the only thing that matters. They protect you with cutting edge security technology powered by 24-7 professional monitoring agents who always have your back. Here's why I love it. With 24 7 professional monitoring, Simply Safe's agents call you the moment a threat is detected and dispatch police or first responders in an emergency, even if you're not at home or can't be reached. Simply Safe blankets your home in protection with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door. HD security cameras for inside and outside your home, smarter ways to detect motion that only alert you when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that instantly detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. Our monitoring experts use proprietary advanced response technology to visually confirm when a break-in is real so you can get the highest priority police dispatch. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafecom forward slash college. Save 20% on your Simply Safe security system when you sign up for an interactive monitoring plan and get your first month free. Visit simplysafe.com forward slash locked college to learn more. There's no safe like Simply Safe. Welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. So thrilled to have head coach of uh, the Troy Trojans, John Summerall, on. Coach, uh, probably a game that you appreciated. Everyone else thought it was probably offensively challenged, but a. Uh, you guys hold off Texas State, 17-14. Uh, Why don't you recap the game for us?
1: Yeah, we, uh, we, we actually moved the football, um, had 406 yards of offense, just didn't capitalize finishing drives and putting points on the board the way we needed to. Um, but uh, the score was definitely a defensive um, slugfest, uh, if you will. I mean, 17-14 to 14 final score. Um, this day and age in college football, you don't see that a ton see a lot more points um but we uh we we found a way to get the win and um each week you have maybe different formulas and recipes for what your keys to victory and having an opportunity to create success for your team is and we felt like we could play good defense uh in that game and and really leaned on our defense to find a way to get the win really banged up a little bit um in the game should be should be okay as we get ready for this week but had had some injuries that happened during the game of guys that were uh, not available in the second half so we had to had to kind of change some things as we went
0: as a coach how long does it take you to get a feel for the football game uh, you know i think you have maybe a vision
1: for how it's going to go um but you always have to be ready to adapt um i really thought uh for for me me personally i think each week i've got a pretty good feel of what i want it to look like and then you've got to be, like I said, you got to be ready to adjust. But um, usually within the first couple of drives, you've got, to, you've got a pretty good idea of what the flow of the game is going to, going to feel like for the most part.
0: All right, so let's back it up. Let's get a little John Summerall history. Uh, you were a player at Kentucky. When did you decide you wanted to be a, a head football coach or a football coach at you all? Yeah, uh, I think I
1: probably knew at a younger age than college. In high school, I, I've always loved the game. As a little kid, I loved playing. Um, and then, uh, as a high school player, um, I loved the intricacies of the game and the, the educational part of learning the details of the game and nuances when it comes to scheme, et cetera. And then I've always loved the team aspect and, um, the, the, the things that you can learn through this game I've always loved as well. And so, um, in high school probably is when I really knew deep down, I was going to, this was the career path I would take. Uh, I got my degree at Kentucky in business finance, just in case I'd have something to fall back on. Um, but, but, uh, but love what I do. Don't feel like I go to work ever. Um, I'm, I'm at work right now and it's, I don't know, eight o'clock or something. I mean, I, I don't, I don't ever feel like I'm working a day in my life, man. I'm doing something I love.
0: Talking to John Summerall, head coach of Troy. All right, quickly, I know we're doing lockdown Sunbelt, but what was it like playing at Kentucky and how far has the program come at, you know, since when you were uh, coaching at it? Because it has come a far way in terms of football, especially in the SEC.
1: Yeah, without question. You know, as a player there, uh, when I was there, we were we were happy to be bowl eligible. You know, seven. we won seven games one year, and it was like everybody was really, really excited about that. Uh, really neat to see how Mark Stoops has elevated that program. He's a, a dear friend of mine and a mentor to me. I'm um, really grateful to have had the opportunity to go work for him for the previous three years before coming to Troy um, and learned so much from him uh, about football, but also about maybe organizational stuff, staffing, um, just the culture of the program, player development. Uh, and there's a, there's a reason why they have found success under Coach Dupes. It's because he's, he's got a really good plan. He's stuck to his plan. Um, even through maybe some hard times early on, uh, and and he's consistent, and he's got a great staff. They've recruited really good players. I, I'm proud to be a, a Kentucky Wildcat in my background, and uh, and really love to see what Coach has done, and um, really really proud of what they've accomplished.
0: So I worked in minor league baseball for over a decade, and on one of my stops, uh, one of my colleagues he actually had a book on how to start a minor league franchise. If he was ever in a position, what's the plan? How do you go forward? Did you have that uh, when you were like going to be working up and and getting that opportunity to be a head coach? Did you have a binder? Like this is what the plan is when I get the job and I can show somebody that when called upon.
1: Yeah, I think you have a pretty good vision of what the core values of a program should look like if you ever get the keys to run an organization. Um, and, And there are some things along the way that, Uh, I've picked up upon that I've really liked from different people I've worked with, whether it be Neil Brown or Mark Stoops or, or Matt Luke. I was only with Matt for a year, but learned a lot from Matt. Um, and so different guys, I think you see different things that you want to carry with you. Uh, I think most of the people that, um, were around this program when Neil was here, probably see some similarities. They probably also see some things that are Kentucky driven from Mark as well, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm I more prepared now than I was before I went to go work for Coach Stoops, to be quite honest. That was – I felt like those three years were, were kind of like um, me getting fully polished and ready to sit in this chair and know how to respond to a lot of different situations that maybe I wasn't quite ready for. Um, and so I learned a lot from Mark during those last three years. But there's, there's a definite – you go in with a plan um, and – you always have to be ready to adapt. Like I said, even within game, you got to you got to be able to adapt within the organization, your program. But at the same time, the standards and the expectations they are what they are day in day out. And uh, I'm a firm believer in a lot of things that we do here that that are non negotiable.
0: What did it, what did it mean to you to become Troy's head coach?
1: Oh, it been a great deal. I mean, this is a place that you know I'm from the state of Alabama. Um, my mom uh, and dad and family we've got a lot of people in the state of Alabama that lived here. My, my parents still live in the state. My in-laws still live in the state. And so um, I, I enjoyed my experience here as an assistant coach for three years. Um, I love this community and this university. It's a college town that has great um, support for football and great history in football. Uh, and and really uh, to have the opportunity to lead a program and one that has such a storied history as Troy does. You know, I mean, think about, an NAI national title in the 60s and then two division two national titles and then all the success that's happened here with conference championships and a bunch of NFL players um I had had an two NFL players here today they came by their former players who were here this past weekend for homecoming and um it's just a it's a, a special opportunity to be a head coach and to do it a place where football is such a part of the DNA of the campus community It it is really a neat opportunity for me.
0: Talking to John Summerall, head coach of the Troy Trojans on locked on Sunbelt, your conference every day. All right. Uh, Trojans are five and two overall three and one in the conference. You guys are a defended Hail Mary away uh, from being six and one. How long does it take to really get over something along those lines? Are you over it yet?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was over it uh, the next day. You know, I, um, I told our young men on our team, uh, you know, in life you get twelve opportunities in college football a year that are regular season chances, and um, nobody was going to feel sorry for us, and I wasn't going to allow us to feel sorry for ourselves. I I hurt deeply for the young men on this team when that happened. I mean, it, I did. My heart broke for them. However, uh, we've got we we've, we've kind of we got some phrases around here, and when I'm Something bad happens, a lot of times I look around and tell everybody, good. And so, something bad happened, good. We get a chance to learn and grow from it. And, um, and, and in life and in a game of football, adversity hits, your response matters more than anything. And so, um, for us, I was very impressed with our young men bouncing back and getting themselves up off the mat after such a, a tough, brutal defeat um, and playing a good, a good martial team and getting a win, and then playing a good uh, Western Kentucky team and getting a win, and then getting playing a tough Southern Miss team that's an improved outfit and getting a win, and just kind of staying the course and playing a Texas State team who just had beaten half uh, and handedly getting a win. So really seeing our guys respond and not flinch. Uh, after that ball game, there was a lot of hurt in that locker room. There should have been because our kids have invested a lot. The thing I'll, I told them and I shared this with them when it happened, and I'm not into moral victories. I want to win every game we play outright on the scoreboard. But in the 11th game of the year in 2021, App came to Troy and the final score is 45-7. to seven. And in the third game of the next season, we went there and went for 59 minutes and 58 seconds. Our guys right. really played really quality football and just we lost in the last play, which it stunk. Uh, but, but if you don't see the growth in that um, – and it doesn't motivate you to keep pushing on and pushing forward, then uh, you you probably need to check whether you care about what you're doing the right way. And so I'm proud of our guys' response. You know, in this game you've got every seven days you either have the opportunity to get promoted or exposed. And um, this is a, it's, it's hard winning. And this league is really, really good right now. I mean, top to bottom, week in, week out, uh, this is a really good conference for football.
0: All right, let's take a time out. We'll be back with the second portion of our interview with the head coach of the Troy Trojans, John Summerall. You're listening to Lockdown Sunbelt, your conference every day. BetOnline.net is your number one source for football betting info this season. Find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. We're talking to John Summerall, uh, head coach of the Troy Trojans, on Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day. Our paths crossed a couple of times. We may not have noted at the time I was covering the uh, Louisiana Raging Cajuns from 13 uh, to 19. So I saw the Cajuns beat a a really good Tulane game in what was really a packed uh, Superdome in the New Orleans Bowl. But I was also in Baton Rouge when Troy came to town and beat LSU. So Billy Napier never had a power five win. Mark Hudspeth didn't either. He almost beat Florida, but they came up short, I think, in 2012. Uh, and Kane Womack almost beats UCLA and the Jaguars a couple weeks ago. What was it like when, you know, the Trojans went into Baton Rouge and takes down LSU? Doesn't matter if LSU was all that good, but Troy went in there uh, and takes down LSU.
1: Yeah, it was a special opportunity. You go into um, Death Valley, homecoming night game. Uh, you know, they finished that year with a winning record. It wasn't maybe their best year ever, but they, right. they were still a quality team. Um, and for our kids to go in there and really play the way we did was a special night. It was one of those nights that uh, that I won't forget for as long as I live, to be quite honest with you. And, uh, you know, it, it was a, a, a night that I was very proud of the way our young men represented themselves in this university. And um, one of those wins that, I think everybody that was a part of it, that was involved with it, they'll carry with them forever. Kind of referenced us having homecoming here last week. Several of those young men that were on that 2017 Troy team were here on Saturday, and it was fun to see them because a lot of those young men I hadn't seen since I left here. And so, um, really, really fond memories of, of that experience.
0: And so, what does a win like that do for a program?
1: Yeah, I think it. It. It's just you know it's validating in a a lot of ways you have your goals of maybe getting to bowl games and conference championship goals and those sort of things, but that's, that's the icing on the cake. That's the cherry on top. That's, that's one that like, it it just shows, Hey, we can play with anybody. And when you're able to do that, uh, I think it, it, it uh, really creates a lot of confidence within your organization that, that you're on the right track. And so anytime you can achieve that, it's a special, special feat. All
0: right. We can't talk Troy Trojan's football without uh, talking Carlton Marshall, uh, Mobile's own, McGill Tulane's own. Uh, did you actually recruit him to Troy? And just as a walk on, how do you go about recruiting a walk on?
1: Yeah, I did. Uh, you know, Carl, I've, I've recruited Mobile, Baldwin County pretty much my whole coaching career. Um, Carlton was on that McGill team that Bubba Thompson was the starting quarterback. And uh, I was recruiting Bubba as well. And then Carlton I'd been recruiting. I'd kind of just been following him for a couple years. And we did not have one scholarship that year for a linebacker. We already used it. But I really believed in his ability and his instincts. And I had coached another young man at Tulane, that Tulane team that you referenced earlier, named Nico Marley. Um, And Nico – was a five foot nine linebacker. He's Bob Marley's grandson and Rohan Marley's son. Rohan played at Miami. And so I coached Nico, who was a five nine linebacker. And I showed Carlton film with Nico. And I say, I don't care if you're five, nine, or if you're six, three, after you make a tackle at linebacker, they don't make you stand up to measure you to see if the tackle counts or not. And, and so, uh, really had the privilege of watching Carlton play at McGill for a couple years, knew he was a high level player. He had several like FCS and D2 offers. Um, (laughs) But I could tell he had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and thought he wanted to prove himself at the division one FBS level. And I thought this was a really good fit for him. So I recruited him when I was here as the assistant head coach, linebackers coach and special teams coordinator. We really recruited him about like he was a scholarship recruit, like, because I thought he had the opportunity to develop into a special player, which he, he clearly has been, and uh, it's really been fun for me personally to come full circle and come back and be the head coach for his last year of eligibility and to just see the continued success he's had. Could not find a more phenomenal young man and uh, and really really proud of what he's accomplished and and how he's grown during his time here.
0: He's the all-time Sun Belt leading tackler. He may finish his career as the all-time NCAA leading tackler. What has he meant to Detroit program? And how can you use him as an example for guys who may be, you know, more athletically gifted?
1: Yeah. So he's the heart and soul of our defense. I mean, he really is. Um, he when, when a play needs to be made, he finds a way to make, make it. Um, but I think he's a great inspiration to everyone on our team that, it's all it's your job to maximize whatever your ability is and play to your best. And he always finds a way to elevate his game, to play to a high standard. Um, and just to do it consistently. Uh, I don't show up to any game and wonder is Carlton Marshall going to play harder because he's going to play well today. He plays really hard and really well each and every week. Um, that's just who he is and how he operates. So love, love watching him. Um, and and really excited to be able to have the opportunity to watch him finish his career this year.
0: Uh, All right. A couple more questions for uh, John Summerall, uh, locked on Sunbelt. All right. we we got you on here, not only because of the win, but it is uh, the battle of the belt. Troy leads a series seven to three, but have one four straight. Uh, Is it easier or more difficult to get ready for a rivalry game on a short week?
1: Uh, I don't know that it's any different. I mean, I think, you know, I, there's a lot of things that will be brought up around the game uh, because of the rivalry piece. Uh, But I think your preparation um, in regards to how you go about getting ready for the game looks similar to any other week. We all know that there's other things that matter here because of the rivalry piece, but um, in regards to how you get ready for the game, I don't think it much matters. The harder part, regardless of who we're playing it's this is about to be our eighth straight game we haven't had a bye yet and it is on a short week where you're you know it's it's it, i I would have been mad if we had a bye like a week ago or sometime to maybe catch our breath but but nobody cares you got to play the game whenever it's on your schedule and we'll, we'll be ready to go I'm excited to have the opportunity they're a really good football team um they've done a great job and and they're a much improved team over the last year
0: all right, so then the next obvious question is, how do you manage being ready versus rested on a short week? And like you said, you guys have not had an off week yet.
1: That's a fantastic question. Um, you, the, it takes what it takes to be prepared. So you can't – there are no, like, major shortcuts. But you do have to be cognizant and aware of your guys' stamina and fatigue level at this point in the year. Um, because, like I said, we, this is our eight straight game. And um, the wear and tear – of maybe some injuries and just fatigue that happens. You've got to – the work is the work and it takes what it takes, but you also have to be mindful of making sure the guys are fresh on Thursday night to go play because it doesn't matter um, how much they may know or be prepared from a football IQ standpoint if they're not physically uh, in tip-top freshness to go play the game the right way.
0: All right, let's wrap it up here. John Summerall, head coach of the Troy Trojans, locked on Sunbelt, your conference every day. Game is on ESPNU. I think last week had three nationally televised games for the Sunbelt. There's at least two more this week. What's it mean for the Sunbelt to have all these nationally televised games?
1: Yeah, I think it's a great opportunity for our league. Um, I I truly believe that through the conference realignment piece, the Sunbelt has positioned itself, and thanks to our leadership, Keith Gill, and the, and the rest of the folks at the health office, we've, we've been positioned, I think, to be one of the premier group of five conferences, if not the best. I really do. Um, you look at what happens week in, week out in this league right now, man, it's a gauntlet. It's a grind. There's a lot of really good football teams. There's great players. There's great coaches. There's great fan bases. Um, I think it's a phenomenal league, and I couldn't be more excited about what we're a part of and what we're, what we're able to compete in.
0: How does that, how do you uh, are able to take advantage of that? Yeah, I think uh,
1: it helps in recruiting. It helps in everything you're doing. It helps in um, just drawing attention to your own program. Um, and um, you know, the, the old saying goes, a rising tide raises on all ships. Uh, I, I look when our, when our teams in our league are playing other conferences, I pull for everybody. Like I, I was excited to see Marshall beat Notre Dame, and uh, all those everybody was excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we're. I sat here and uh, we played Marshall two weeks later, and uh, the but but the week that they were playing Notre Dame, I was I was cheering pretty big for Marshall there um, because I want to see everybody in our league when we have an opportunity to go play the Power Fives or go play other conferences. I want to see us represent well and do do big things.
0: John Summerall, head coach of the Troy Trojans' Locked On Sunbelt. Sincerely appreciate your time. We will see you in Mobile on Thursday. Safe travels, and thanks again.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate you.
0: Okay, thanks very much to head coach John Summerall for joining us on Locked On Sunbelt. Thank you for listening. We will be back again tomorrow. We'll continue to preview the battle for the belt. Huge ball game in the Sunbelt West. Once again, I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and this has been Locked On Sunbelt, your conference every day.